0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more.
1: You're listening to The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. Welcome, I'm Jackson Klein. Come,
2: soon enough, and gone.
1: This month, we're digging deep into the Ensemblist archives to share highlights from some of our favorite interviews from our early days. Today, we're revisiting our 2014 interview with Broadway veteran Mary Beth Peel. Among her many Broadway credits are revivals of Stephen Sondheim's Sunday in the Park with George and Follies. Mary Beth spoke with us about the highlights of working on Sondheim's musicals, both on Broadway and regionally. The rewards of working with Sondheim, and what makes his musicals so special. Here's our conversation.
2: Rangers packing. What do they expect?
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW revoid Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: I am Mary Beth Peel, and I live on the Upper West Side, just uh, right south of Columbia University. The Sondheim shows I've performed on Broadway were uh, Sunday in the Park with George and Follies. Um I have also regionally done, uh, let's see, Sweeney Todd, Assassins, Little Night Music. I think that might be it.
0: When did you first fall in love with Sondheim
2: musicals? Oh, when I first fell in love with Sondheim musicals is an easy one because I I was still um, trying to remove myself from the opera world and a friend of mine was in the ensemble of the original Sweeney Todd and um, she had actually started out as an opera singer and I knew she was in it and uh, people kept saying you know you really should see this great Broadway show because it's 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 really an opera I mean it's fantastic the singing and I thought, oh, okay, musicals—I'm not so crazy about musicals, but that's all right. I'll go, and it knocked my socks off. I, I can still hear that first, <laughs> that first whistle from the factory, and yeah, that was—that was pretty mind-changing. It didn't change my life yet, but it did change my mind. New York has neon, Berlin has ball. I was raised, as far as musicals were concerned, it was Rodgers and Hammerstein, it was Carousel, King and I, um, South Pacific, and they were, they're were they beautiful classics, but um, they were not what I thought of necessarily as groundbreaking, because that ground had already been broken. And then within a, a few years, um, after I finally... Had extricated myself from the opera world and started doing musicals, I did little night music, so I sort of started in the early with early Sondheim you know as in the in his canon and worked my way through. <laughs> There's so many things that are fulfilling about doing a Sondheim piece. Um, it's horrible hard to know where to start, but I guess start with the most, most obvious is if you are an actor who sings or a singer who acts, um, to work on a Sondheim piece that so thoroughly invests itself in both. I mean, I know he says he writes for actors and not for singers, but I defy anyone who is not a musician and or a singer to do a Sondheim musical, it's not possible. The fact that he has written for actors makes it all the more delicious because the characters are so well-rounded and, and interesting and um, full of conflicts and no good guys and bad guys. They're all different things going on at once. It's heaven. The moment yeah. that was the most hair-raising, bone-chilling, never-to-be-forgotten moment, and I, I dare say I'm not the only one that has experienced this, was in the first rehearsal of Sunday in the Park with George, when everyone stood around the piano to sing Sunday. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, I get chills and kind of bishmerts just thinking about it, and it never it never changed. It was always that way through rehearsal to the last performance, just goosebumps and hair 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 raising to sing it and to hear it at the same time you're singing it. And it does the same thing to the audience, which is really unusual, that the both the audience and the performer is experiencing that at exactly the same moment in time, over and over and over and over again. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family
0: I have seen... So, I have this theory.
2: Try it.
1: Which
0: is, his shows have a lot of principles in them. Right? Follies, all of those women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Into the Woods, all of those characters. Assassins. Right? Um, a little night music even. They're all, every Sunday. Right? They're all principles. But the other side of that is that then everyone's part of the ensemble. Of the whole. So, how does Sondheim write with ensembles in mind?
2: I don't think he does write with ensembles in mind. I think he writes characters. He writes for a character, for a situation. And he writes whatever he feels that character needs by way of song, by way of one line. Um... So that he's writing for the whole, he's writing to tell the whole story. But the whole story is not made of uh, principal players and a chorus. It's made up of, if there is a chorus, it's made up of individuals. I, I mean, I know that when they do Sweeney Todd, for instance, um, I've done it both ways. I've done it with a small group and I've done it with a huge symphony orchestra and a symphony chorus and assassins also we did it that way at at San Jose Light Opera it it was done like an opera Um, so there were uh, there was an actual chorus but each one of those chorus members because the music is so demanding and so difficult as far as concentration and counting and if you miss one quarter rest or one syncopated 16th note, you're out. You'll never catch that train. So that everyone is invested. Uh, and if you're in the chorus, I think you have a costume that makes you feel like you can create a character. But the, what what's different than singing a lot of musicals, no one is going to phone it in. No one's just going to stand there and sound pretty. You have to concentrate and be a part of it. And the music tells the story and gives the the gives you the hint to the character, whether you're a second soprano from the left in the chorus in a big version of a Sondheim show or in the the reduced versions, you know, of which there are many too. I've never done a Sondheim show where Stephen wasn't in the rehearsal process at some point. You, usually not early on, usually um, he might be in the audition. <laughs> um, and in fact you kind of hope that he's in the audition because then you know if you got the part that you he, he wanted you. He showed up um, m- maybe before we left the rehearsal room, went into the theater, um, or maybe halfway through the rehearsal process, just to see how it's going. Very generous with notes. When we were doing Follies, he came a couple of times, and um, we had one work session. I think I think we were still in previews. We were definitely in performance, where um, there were probably eight or ten of us called for a special note session in the theater. And, I mean... Everyone, pe- people who've been doing the part for a long time and, you know, getting, thought they had it and did have it, do have it. But he, he, he had suggestions, just a little more of this. And, and instead of giving them as a note, he sat in the theater and said, okay, go do your thing. And people got up and we all watched. It was like being in a master class. We watched everybody get up and sing their thing.
0: Was it, it was a back and forth? It, was a, it wasn't just this is how it's done. No,
2: it wasn't. In some cases it was. This, don't, I don't, I don't like that. Don't do it that way. But mostly it was, I'm curious to see what would happen if you did. And a lot of it, some of it was musical, vocal, but most of it had to do with uh, what the character is thinking and doing in that moment. Goodbye, Rangoon. Mm.
0: As an artist, do you feel like performing his work? He get he gets you.
2: I you know I think hmm, it's so interesting because I mean the 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 only musical that one could say well that's about an artist George in. In Sunday in the Park but I feel like he writes both about and for artists with this almost brutal sense of honesty he is not he takes no prisoners nobody gets off you know there's no really great guy that has no faults and there's not a really bad guy who isn't, hasn't some heroic or really admirable qualities. I mean, he made, like, leads, people we were rooting for out of Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett. There are no redeeming people in that musical. None. They're all disgusting. <laughs> if you look at it on paper, and you could say the same thing about Follies. They're all Selfish, self-involved, flawed people, just like all of us, <laughs> just like the audience. But he—he, he, it's his honesty. You always know he has your back. The character has your back. You—you you can go all the way with it because there's something so hum, human, humane about it. <laughs> I actually, (laughs) in all honesty, have never thought of myself as being in in the ensemble. So, you know, when you say the ensemble for a, a Sondheim show, it's absolutely true. We are all part of an ensemble. And I love that. In other shows, you always know that you're the lead. I, I mean, when you're doing Mrs. Anna and the King and I, there's no time to think of anything other than all the songs that you're going to sing and all the, all the scenes that you're going to do. I, you don't. I mean, you're playing with your other, other people on the stage, but in in a songtime show, everything is woven in such a way that nothing can happen without the the other person. Who you're singing to or or acting with giving you immediately what you need, so you can go on, it's all woven so tightly together, there's no wasted word, there's no added something just so someone can get across the stage. You have to figure it out it's again, it's about concentration. You cannot not be in the moment, every single. Second, and it, and it, it, as I'm saying, talking about it, it sounds. Oh, that must be exhausting. But it's just the opposite, because he has your back. You just ride on it. You ride on it, and it it keeps feeding you. The more you give it, the more it gives back to you. It's, it's a miracle. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's great. Special thanks to Mary Beth Peel for sharing her stories with us today. The Ensemblist was produced by Mo Brady and me, Jackson Klein. There are two great ways you can help The Ensemblist right now. One is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. The other is by becoming a Patreon member, which you can do at patreon.com slash theensemblist. Please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. You can also follow us on Instagram, where we share all of our latest episodes. Stay safe, and thank you for listening. Until next time.